I I love that video, so I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I love. <laughs> I will talk about that, Michael. So buckle in. You you're asking the right questions already. I. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I I love that the biblical word for hope is this word, this concept of waiting, either waiting or tense expectation. Um, one of the verses that was quoted there was, I will wait on the Lord because the Lord is my hope. Uh, when, when I was a kid, um, my absolute favorite time of year was about this time of year. It was actually um, the time just before Christmas lunch. And I forgot that my mum and dad were going to be here this morning, but they can, they can uh, attest to this. Uh, we'd often have our whole extended family over to our house and we'd run a table right through the middle of the house and um, mum would organise lots of Christmas crackers and chocolates on the table and there would be the smell of ham in the oven cooking and the air conditioning would be on and there'd be carols on the stereo and there'd be nibbles all laid out just waiting. Everything was prepared and then this quiet, settled anticipation would fall on the house as you're waiting for the front doorbell to go. Um, I was excited because my cousins were coming (laughs) and that that was exciting and we could start eating the chocolates. Um, Do you know that feeling? That is the picture that the Bible gives us of hope. That settled anticipation of that good thing that is about to happen. Uh, As a kid, I found that wait almost unbearable. I didn't know what to do with myself. Waiting, I think, is one of the hardest things to do, especially as a kid. Um, As an adult, I've actually had to learn how to wait. I um, often say that one of the hardest things to do in this life is nothing. To actually sit in a circumstance where things are not okay and do nothing and wait. Um, No kidding, as I was writing this very sentence of my sermon uh, the other day, um, Eli busted in and he wanted to share with me some very exciting fortnight news. (laughs) And... uh, he couldn't wait. And I, I said to him, Eli, can you, can you just wait a minute? I'm in the middle of something. He's like, no, I really want to tell you now. Um, we aren't good at waiting. <laughs> if, if we've got something that we want, we're not very good at waiting. We're not very good at what the Bible talks about as hope, waiting for the Lord. Um, I love that comparison that was there between hope and optimism. And I just want to dive into that a little bit more this morning. Optimism, uh, some people think I'm an optimist, Danny among them. Uh, Optimism is this idea that everything will turn out to be okay. Um, It's kind of wishful thinking. Optimism says, I'm sure things won't be as bad as they could be. Um, It's about, optimism is about trying hard to avoid reality, really. It's about psyching yourself up to say, I'm sure that things aren't going to be as bad as they seem to be. It's a pretty fragile thing, optimism, because things often are as bad as they seem to be. Sometimes they're worse. And we live in a world that is broken and cruel. 
that is not a friend to grace, that isn't full of love and kindness. Optimism is very easily broken. But biblical hope is different. Biblical hope is this assurance that God is faithful, that he hasn't failed us in the past and he won't fail us now, even if things get as bad as they possibly can be, we still can wait upon the faithfulness of God and he will not fail us. Biblical hope is not this idea that things are going to work out okay. It's actually an idea that we have a God who is good. It's about relationship. Hope waits and endures. It isn't flimsy. It can withstand fire, trials and despair because hope whispers, wait. We can wait on God and he will have the last word. Um, One of the things that Jesus taught us was to wait well. There are many parables that he talked about about waiting. He talked about a farmer waiting for the the grain. He talked about a servant waiting for his master to come home. Uh, One time in Luke, he said, Be on your guard that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipations and drunkenness, the um, New King James Version says. Be on your guard that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the anxieties of this life. Have your hearts ever been weighed down by the anxieties of this life? (laughs) Well, you're a very lucky man. (laughs) Just wait, Michael. (laughs) Um, There's a... Has anyone read Dante's Inferno? Ava's got it on her list of books to read this holiday. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and she probably will read it, crazy kid. But there's, um, in the picture of hell that Dante paints, and it's not biblical, it's just a guy's idea of what hell would be like. But the sign above hell says something. Does anyone know what it says? It says, Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. The audacity of Advent, the audacity of what we are celebrating this morning, the audacity of what is coming on December 25 is the idea that we can hope. In the midst of anxiety, whatever is going on, even if we feel like we're going through hell itself, we have a hope that is secure that we have a God who has kept his promises, who has come into this world and will come again and we can wait upon him, no matter what the circumstances around us. We have hope. Hope waits. It waits for God. It doesn't wait for things to get better. It waits for God himself. One of the things about hope is it looks in two directions. It looks forward and it looks back as well. It looks looks back to the history of Israel and the story of God and his character. It says that God has always been faithful to his promises and gracious to his people. God treats us according to his kindness, not as we deserve. He was faithful to Abraham when he called him. He was faithful to the people of Israel when he called them out of Egypt. He brought them into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey, He brought them home from the exile. 
He treated them as his children. He came as a baby born in a manger. He didn't avoid the cross. He defeated death and rose again. He is alive and is seated at the right-hand side of the Father and he will return. He is there now interceding for us, his church. And because of all that, we have hope. We can wait. Um, hope looks back. God has been faithful in the past and we have, can have confidence for the future that he will continue to be faithful. He will continue to uphold his promises. But hope also looks forward. One of the things that we look forward to is the aim of God. We can have confidence that God is working all things towards his aim. His aim to bring all things together in heaven and on earth under the lordship of Jesus, to restore the whole of creation. There are so many um, promises in scripture. You can go through, like it can... Literally, you could spend all of next year just going through and reading the promises in Scripture that God has made about the future that he is working to. The faithful God who has in the past been faithful to his promises has made all these promises to us. I just want to read one to you today. It comes from the book of Isaiah. It's Isaiah chapter 9. And it's this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoiced at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. What an incredible promise that freedom will come, that enemies and violence will be destroyed, that God will rule with justice and peace and that all creation will be set right. That is the promise that God is working towards. That is the future. And the great thing about that promise is that we have seen it starting to come true. Unto us a child has been born. Unto us a son has been given. The kingdom of righteousness and peace has begun. And we stand in that really awkward time between its beginning and its fulfillment. Um, The plan that God has had for his creation to restore it has begun in us. Um, And nothing can stand in its way. Not our sins, not our worries, not our anxieties, nothing in all creation can stand in the way 
of the fulfillment of God's promise to restore creation and us. So now, we wait and hope. And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. I, I love that passage from the book of Romans. The darkness is nearly over. The day is nearly here. It's closer now than it was at the start of this sermon. Jesus is returning. So, live as people of hope. Wait well. Um, Elsewhere, Paul talked about entering into this living hope. This idea that our hope isn't just something that's off in the future, but through what Jesus has achieved on the cross we have been adopted as sons into the kingdom. We live in the future already. We are citizens of heaven even as we wait for its ultimate fulfillment and God has poured his Holy Spirit into our hearts. In a world that so often contradicts hope, that's maybe why I look like an optimist because this world so often contradicts our hope in Jesus. Um, I'm getting old. Yeah. I know, I know. I I like to think I'm in my prime, actually, but (laughs) I'm still getting old. (laughs) It's it's amazing how that comment uh, brought out so many uh, reactions in people, but um, one of the things with getting older is you start to worry about the world you start to look at all the things that you didn't worry about as a kid and start to notice all the troubles. And one of the things that I need to remind myself of is the need to hope, the need to recognise that in the darkness, God's light will still shine, his kingdom is coming and we do not need to be afraid. That even now God is at work living in us, transforming us, and his spirit is living and active. His kingdom is coming into reality, and we don't often read about it in the newspapers. We don't often see it on our screens, but God's power and God's kingdom is at work. And we need to hear that. I need to hear that. Um, Because I, I know for many of you, actually, especially this year, that in in your life you've encountered this creeping um, stale apathy that comes. This sense that things are dark or they're just continuing on the way that they always have been and nothing's getting better. Um, Maybe, like me, you're getting old and the dreams you've had for your life haven't come fully true. (laughs) Maybe you've reached the end of yourself and what you thought you had the power to, in your youth, to tackle and achieve, you realise, actually, I'm spent. Uh, at the start of this year, I was, um, I was training for a marathon. I have, I've run a marathon before. I should be able to run one again. 
but I um, was doing a training run and um, running with a mate of mine and I just absolutely hit the wall. I, I got to this point where I was like, I can't take another step. My mate who I was running with was really worried about me. <laughs> I was like, that's it. I'm done. That's all I got. Um, sad thing about that experience was it wasn't just about my running. <laughs> it was actually about life. I was like, that's it. That's all I've got. I'm done. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but for someone like me who likes to be strong and likes to think I've got things, that was a new experience. They say that men often have that experience later in life than women, (laughs) that there's something about the act of having kids that kind of forces that on you earlier when you're um, a female. Men tend to ignore that until it all comes crashing down. That's what they call a midlife crisis. But anyway, I won't go into all of that. (laughs) Well, well, that's my encouragement to you, is that when we reach the end of ourselves, we have a God who is still faithful that we can actually wait upon him and say, I don't have any solutions here. This is all I've got. And so my only hope is in you. And I can wait on you and you are faithful. Um, I, love, I love the passage that we just read out from Isaiah. On those living in darkness, light has dawned. That our hope is not in ourselves, it's in God and he is faithful. We can wait upon him. He is still at work. He is faithful to his plan. He is faithful to us. He is good and he is gracious. He knows what troubles we carry. He knows where we are and even darkness cannot hide us from him. He will bring us home. Um, Psalm 27 says this, So this is probably what I arrived at. I think it was you who was asking, Dan. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. (laughs) Well, I'm waiting on the Lord. (laughs) And he's strengthened me and I've taken heart. (laughs) So I've kind of got both. Actually, to tell you the truth, I don't have much more. (laughs) But I also know that God's got it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we wait upon you. We thank you that there is nothing in all creation that can stand in the way of your promise for us. That um, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, that whatever the state of the world around us, that with all our frailties and shortcomings with our unfulfilled hopes and our present worries and anxieties, we can wait upon you. Thank you for the hope that we have in you. Thank you that you are faithful, that as you have been, you will always be, that you are the great um, God, slow to anger, abounding in love, 
maintaining justice, that you are gracious and good. You do not treat us according to what our sins deserve, but you will treat us according to your love. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that in you the light has dawned and the dawn is near. Thank you that it's nearer now than it was uh, two seconds ago. Thank you that we have a hope and I have a confidence that goes beyond anything that we may face in this world. And uh, this morning, Lord Jesus, we wait upon you. We commit ourselves to you. Help us to wait well. Help us to not grow weary, but to be a people shaped by hope who um, have the audacity to live out your kingdom even in the world that is no friend to it. Lord, we um, pray that we might close up, clothe ourselves with hope, with joy, with peace and light, that you might guard our hearts and minds and that others might encounter you in us and encounter that peace and find the joy and the hope that transcends anything that goes on around us. So we thank you for your word. We thank you for your promises. We thank you for your goodness and we just praise and honour you. In Jesus' name, amen.